a visitor at a hospital saw a nurse attending the sores of a leprosy patient. And the nurse said, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. The visitor said that. The nurse answered, neither would I. But for Jesus, I'll do it for nothing. For Jesus, I will do it for nothing. You know, the world today is a mess. We live in uh, very, very frightening times, I believe. Hamas wants to destroy Israel. And of course, Israel voraciously uh, defends itself. Rockets flying everywhere. Thousands of innocent people have died. ISIS wants to create an Islamic state in which there will be no room for anyone other than Muslims. Radical Muslims have been killing Christians right and left over these last few years in the Middle East, including children, just because of their faith. The pro-Russian separatists seek to divide Ukraine. Plane is shot out of the sky because they think it's a military plane killing many innocents. And the political and uh, social atmosphere in our own country is one of absolutism and a lot of anger. And the United States Congress couldn't even pass a resolution to congratulate Pope Francis on his election a year ago. That's how much enmity exists there. And most distressing is knowledge that, that there is an extremely noticeable decline in the moral influence of religion in our country. And we're clearly, very clearly in need of a a new direction. And our solemnity today, our celebration, offers us, it really does, it offers us a, a guide for a better tomorrow, a much better tomorrow. While this solemnity points us toward the second coming of Christ in glory, it, it also offers us a blueprint of sorts a blueprint for how followers of Christ can make a difference in the world right now. To change it, to keep it from sliding any further and to build it into what Christ, what God wants it to be. You know, we have all kinds of opportunities to, to do this. A service to one another, to the greater community. And today there's a, an extra collection for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, ways for us to reach out and change the world just a little bit. But it's, you know, for us to make those decisions. In the world that Ezekiel, from our first reading, lived in was 
really not much different, no less turmoil or, or pain for the people. Ezekiel was among some 8,000 exiles taken to Babylon after the fall of Jerusalem in, in 598 B.C. And the prophet complained very bitterly about the moral decline of Judah. And he believed that it precipitated the fall of Jerusalem and this exile that results. The people had fallen away from their authentic practice of their faith in the one God. And Ezekiel told the people that they had gotten what they deserved because they had fallen away from practicing their faith. And he laid particular blame for the exile at the feet of the kings of Judah. And he, he decries the abysmal moral values of the kings and, and other leaders of Judah. You know, he, he tried to guide them. He tried to help them. He tried to provide an example for how to properly live out their Jewish faith. And, and in our passage from Ezekiel today, the prophet tells us that, that God was so disgusted with the leadership of Judah that he himself would become the shepherd of the people. Forget these earthly kings but that God himself would come amongst us to care for us properly. And that was a great message of hope for the exiles, and it remains a great message of hope for us today. It was the practice in Palestine to mix sheep and goats during the daytime. And in the evening, the sheep and goats had to be separated because goats were intolerant of cold and they had to be kept warm. But sheep, of course, on the other hand, preferred the open air. And overall, of course, sheep were treated much, much better because they were of a greater commercial value. And this parable makes Jesus' point of view very clear that at the end of time, Jesus will do some separating himself. You know, I, I know that... that Quite a few folks here are familiar with uh, a comedian whose name was George Carlin. He passed away some years ago, but he was on television all the time. And, um, you know, he was an atheist. He was born and raised a Catholic and, and died an atheist. And he was always making fun of God. He was always making fun of the church. And he never really understood God. You know, he would tell jokes about how this loving God of ours was then going to throw people into hell. And that's not the way it works at all. You know, we put ourselves in hell. That's how it works. It's not this loving God of ours. This loving God of ours gives us every chance to change, to be, you know, the better, the more loving, the more giving of person. And when we refuse that, then bad things happen to us. You know, there is no mention in this parable today of anyone doing any evil. But what the parable does speak of is neglect. It speaks of apathy. You know, life goes on and, you know, whatever. And we're, we're all called 
to a, a depth of life in this God of ours. And if we get that, it means, you know, opening our hearts to others. But we're all guilty of neglect, of not being moved by the, the needs of others or of, of failing to, to help when we notice that others are in need whether it's a singular individual or, a, you know, a community. On this celebration of Christ the King, as we, as we see the perfect ruler against whom all leaders, in fact, all of us, should compare ourselves, you know, we might ponder a more humble title for this day. Maybe rather than the Feast of Christ the King, it's the Feast of Christ the Deacon. Those who are accused had to ask when they had failed Jesus. And when, when did we see you and not minister to your needs? And the word here for minister is the same word for deacon. The word for service. And the first meaning of diakonos is table waiter. And waiting on tables was held to be one of the lowest jobs possible. And the verb, verb form of the word can be translated many ways, but its primary use is to serve. To serve. And that's the model that Jesus gives us. That's the model that will save us. That's the model that will change the world. Serve. Serve. You know, first, notice those in need. Notice those in need just as a shepherd notices sheep that are lost and in need. And secondly, do something about it. Do something about it. And those who are cursed by the Son of Man are those who fail to serve. Those who fail to take care of those in need. Just as Jesus has served us, you know, completely dying for us, so should we serve. Completely dying for the other. We have many chances to do that. Whether it's that extra envelope or the needs of so many in this local area and beyond. Notice and do something about it. John Wesley was the founder of Methodism. And I'd like to close with his words. He said, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. 